You're listening to Asbury University's Chapel Podcast, recorded live from our campus in Wilmore, Kentucky. Asbury's Chapel Service hosts speakers from around the world to inspire academic excellence and spiritual vitality. We hope you enjoy today's message. Well, good morning. What a beautiful day to be in chapel. Just kidding. It's terrible outside, so thank you for coming. It's an honor to be with you. Thank you, Jenna and Andrew and worship team. Thank you so much for leading us. A couple shout-outs. If you went to all-campus retreat, shout-out to you. Okay, come on. You can do better than that. Shout-out all-campus retreat. Thank you to the Community Life team for putting that event on. I know um, it was incredibly special and a time of rest. Next up, set-apart retreat. If you get a chance to go on a retreat at Asbury, don't miss it. Whether it's sophomore, senior, set apart, all campus, men's, women, it just might change your life. So that's a free tidbit. Um, Go on a retreat during your time here at Asbury. Today we're going to be in John chapter 10. So if you want to get out your Bibles, your notebooks, your pen, chapel hack, take notes, um, you will appreciate them in about five to ten years. Maybe not so much now, but you'll want to remember these days. So John chapter 10, Jesus is talking uh, to a crowd, specifically the Pharisees. He's addressing them, but he's using terms and imagery that would be very familiar to the crowd. So he's talking about sheep, sheep pens, gatekeepers, gate, shepherd. And I don't know what comes to your mind when you think about John chapter 10 and all of those images. Uh, Jesus, we have two I am statements in John chapter 10. I am the gate and I am the shepherd, which we'll look at next week. But I saw this a couple of months ago, and this is what comes to mind when I think of John chapter 10. If you'll turn your attention to the screen. Say this, Oh, it gets to me every time. It's like I laugh and it's kind of offensive because sometimes that feels like me. (laughs) Right? Like if we know and we're talking about Jesus being the good shepherd, he is so kind to reach into the places of our pits and pull us out. I know he's done that for me many a times and I hope he's done that for you. And if he hasn't, I hope that he does that for you today. But we often find ourselves in pits and he lifts us out of the pit and somehow... We seem, to seem, we seem to quickly find ourselves in another pit. We go from pit to pit to pit in life sometimes. But I think John 10 is offering a different way. John 10, 10 says, I have come that you may have life and life to the full. Some translations say abundant life. I don't think when Jesus said abundant life, he meant a life of going from pit to pit. Now, I'm not talking about pits that we find ourselves in because of suffering and loss and war, but I'm talking about pits of our own choosing, pits that we choose because of our sin, our self-centeredness, our pride, our stubbornness, our desire to do our own thing. And we're like, Jesus set me free, and then I find myself in another pit. I don't think that's abundant life. And I like to play on words, so it might even be a pit of full life. Thank you. <laughs> so 
have that image in mind as we talk and walk through John chapter 10. Jesus begins, and these are red letter words in the Bible, so we know these are Jesus' words. He says, very truly I tell you. Now, I don't know if anyone who speaks like that anymore, maybe the English department, but I don't say very truly I tell you. Um, so if it was in our vernacular, it would probably sound like, hey, I'm about to spill the tea, or yo, I'm about to be real honest with you. Jesus probably wouldn't say yo, but I do. Jeannie Banter translation. Very truly, I tell you. Why is he saying that? Because he wants you to pay attention to what he's about to say. And he's addressing the Pharisees. And the Pharisees were the keepers of the law. They were the ones who crossed the T's and dotted the I's and wanted everyone to follow the, the law, which in and of itself is not a bad thing. The law was given by God as um, an extension of them, of the Israelites, learning how to walk with God and learning the revelation of God's character. If you look in the laws, you might think, well, how does that revoke God's character? Most of the laws are about the human dignity and treating of people, of animals, and creation. It's revealing God's heart for his people and creation. And the keepers of the law, the Pharisees, are going to miss that Jesus himself is the revelation of the law. Jesus says in Matthew chapter 5, I didn't come to abolish the law. I didn't come to abolish the word of the prophets. I came to fulfill them. The fulfillment of what you've been looking for is in me, and you're going to miss it. So he says, very truly, I tell you. And then he goes on to say, give the images of the sheep and a shepherd and a gate and a gatekeeper. Now, we don't really have sheep around here, but we have a lot of horses. The equine center, if you drive to Lexington, those horses are worth more than I will ever be worth, dead or alive. <laughs> I mean, they are million-dollar horses in some of these fences. And they are protected by fences and, and shepherds and gatekeepers. Why? Because it's, they're their most valuable possession. They are worth something to their owner. And Jesus is communicating that here in John chapter 10. And we don't really have gatekeepers anymore, but the gatekeeper would stand at the gate because a lot of times the shepherds would all come at the same time. And this says the shepherds would go in and go out and as they go in and they go out, they would call the sheep by name. And the sheep would respond only to their shepherd. So the gatekeeper would, would know if that shepherd is an imposter because the sheep would not respond to them. In fact, it says the sheep actually turn away and run away to a stranger's voice. So what does all that have to do with us today? Well, if we know later on in John chapter 10 that Jesus is the good shepherd, in this image, Jesus is talking about himself. He is the shepherd, and he is calling to you by name. He is calling to you by name. Jesus is always calling to you. He's always pursuing you with an unending, everlasting love. He will always come and rescue you out of your pit. He is calling to you by name. So you can realize that Jesus knows your name. He knows you. He's all-knowing. He knows everything about you. From the moment you were created in your mother's womb, says in Psalm 139, he knows all the good, the bad, the ugly, the sin, the sins that have happened against you, your trauma, your wounds. He knows it all, and he is calling to you, saying, follow me. Follow me. Come to me. Follow me. So Jesus is calling, and then we see the sheep have a response 
our response is always initiated by the call of the shepherd. Our response is always initiated by the call of the shepherd. We talked about that yesterday in church at Every Nation with Pastor Aaron. All of our response is is because of Jesus calling to us. And our response isn't even of our own doing. Our response is because of love and grace that God has given us. We call that provenient grace. So our response isn't even of ourselves. It's of God. God is the one who allows us to even respond to the call. And you might be sitting here thinking, great, Jeannie, Jesus is calling to me. Everyone's saying, God's speaking. Why can't I hear him? I wish I could tell you how many times I've been there. Great, Jesus is calling. I don't hear him. So what are some things that keep us from hearing the call of God? One, we're just plain busy. We are a busy university. There's always something buying for our time. And sometimes we fill it with good things. Sometimes we fill it with not good things. But either way, we are distracted people. And we don't have margin and space to even begin to quiet our hearts and listen to what Jesus may be calling us to. Sometimes it's because of our sin, our shame, our pride, our wounds. And when we don't bring those to God, we hold them in isolation. And the enemy begins to weave lies about who God is and about who we are. And in those places, we realize that the enemy's voice is the loudest voice we're listening to. Tells us things like, Jesus doesn't love you. Jesus isn't speaking to you. God doesn't care what you have to say. If Jesus loved you, then he wouldn't have allowed fill in the blank. Those places begin to um, experience the voice of God when we speak them out loud, when we bring them into the light, when we bring them into community, and we bring them before God. But when we hold tight to them, when we try to do it on our own, it's like we just put on noise-canceling headphones to the voice of God. Another way that we, we don't hear the word of God is because sometimes we just don't want to. I don't like to admit that, but that's where I was most of high school and college. I knew God was speaking to me. I knew God wanted to say something to me. I didn't want to listen because I didn't want to do what I knew what he was going to ask me to do. I didn't want to give up my future. I didn't want to give up my plans. I didn't want to give up my desires. Dr. John Morley calls it the great I, me. It's all about me. I knew Jesus was calling. I just didn't want to listen. Maybe that's you. You know Jesus has called you to whatever, break up that relationship, change your major, take a step of faith, go back to your family, be a witness on your on your hall, your soccer team, or a baseball team, or women's swim team? I don't know. But you're scared to death, and you don't want to listen to what he actually is saying and calling you to. So if those are some things that keep us from hearing the word of God, how do we, how do we hear the word of God? Well, we hear in the word. The word of God never returns void. And we have such a low view of scripture in our culture other countries and people are dying just to get the word into their countries. And we have, it's embarrassing sometimes how many, time, how many Bibles I have in my house when others are dying for one chapter. 
I remember so many times growing up, I would go to my mentor or go to my parents and say, I don't know what God wants me to do. And they would say, well, what does the Bible say? What have, you, what have you heard God say in prayer? I'm like, I don't know. That's why I came to you. You have the answers. And sometimes we go to other people expecting them to be God for us. When God said, I gave you my word. And so they graciously taught me how to go to the word and hear the voice of God. Another way is through the body of believers community. We are never meant to do this world, this life alone. Praise the Lord. I am a much better person. I am more Christ-like when I am in community and I am known and I am vulnerable and I am held accountable. We hear the voice of God best in community because it's not just my voice that I'm listening to or the lies that I think may be God and they're actually not. Another way that we hear the voice of God is through the Holy Spirit inside of us. If you're a Christian and you've put your faith, hope, and trust in Jesus, he's given you the Holy Spirit. And you can trust the spirit that is at work inside of you. And sometimes I, I know for myself, I'm like, I don't know if that's my voice, if that's God's voice, or if that's Chipotle. I'm not sure. <laughs> but the, the more that I walk with God, the more that I'm in his word, the more that I'm in community, the more I realize that I can trust the spirit's voice. And I know how to hear the voice of God. And it says in Philippians, we can have the same mindset of Christ He's saying we can have, we can share in his mind. That means that my mind doesn't have to be over here and his over here and Chipotle over here. It's like, no, we can walk in step with him. And sometimes we just have to take that step of faith, saying, I don't know if this is me or God or Chipotle, but it's not going against the word of God. It's not going against the historical teachings of the word. So I'm just going to take a step of faith. And the good thing is that God is so kind to us. If we get out of step, his spirit will bring us back in. His spirit will bring us back in. So Jesus is calling to you. He's always pursuing you. And you have an individual response to a communal life. He's calling you. And here's the thing. Everyone has a shepherd. Who's your shepherd? We're all listening to someone. Maybe it's an influencer on TikTok. Maybe it's your mentor. Not all of them are bad, but if it's not the voice of the good shepherd, you're not walking towards abundant life. Who's your shepherd? And so Jesus is saying this, and I love that, you know, he doesn't leave out these words. He's using this figure of speech, and the Pharisees did not understand what he was saying. Have you ever been there? You might be there right now. Like, I don't know what you're saying. So he says again, very truly, I tell you, I'm going to tell you the truth. And he repeats himself twice. And when we repeat, it's because it's very important that he doesn't want them to miss it. He said, I am the gate. And a verse later, he says, I am the gate. All who come through me will be saved. What does that mean? Jesus is saying, I am the only way into the abundant life that is promised to you in Christ Jesus. I am the only way for you to share in the relationship with God and his nature and his character. I am the only way to eternal life. I am the gate. 
Why is this important, especially to the Pharisees? Because it wasn't the law. It wasn't their behavior. It wasn't their performance that was going to get them into the family of God. It was through the blood of Jesus Christ. And when we were kids, we used to sing this song in school, and it's in Sunday school, and it's terrible. It's like, oh, you can't get to heaven. Anybody know that song? I'm not going to sing it. But it's like, we go through all these things, like you can't get to heaven on roller skates because you're going to pass by those pearly gates. Bad theology. Bad theology. But it did teach us that the only way into the family of God, as Dr. Chris Bounsen says, into the kingdom of God, into sharing in the character of God, to walking with God, is through the blood of Jesus Christ. It's through his life, death, and resurrection. Why is that good news for you today? Because you cannot earn your salvation. You cannot save yourself. In Asbury, we have been known to be a people who try to save ourselves. We've been known to be a people who want to earn our salvation. It's based on our good behavior. It's based on our performance. There is freedom in knowing that the gate... The way to salvation is through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. It's not you. It's not you. It's not you. You can't get to the family of God through your family. Lineage. I'm third generation Asbarian. For a long time, I was like, that's my ticket to the family of God. I'm third generation Asbarian. I grew up in a Christian home. I went to Sunday school. I went to youth group. I went to vacation Bible school. I went to camp. I cried every time at, at like, cry night at camp. Like, I thought those were my credentials. I was wrong. The only credentials that we have, my, my brothers and sisters, is the blood of Jesus Christ washing over all of our sins. You're not going to get to the family of God because you graduate with an Asbury University degree. You're not going to get to the family of God because you're this major or that major or you have perfect chapel attendance, although we like that. (laughs) It's not about your works. Jesus is saying, I am the gate. Several years ago, I went on a mission trip, and we were flying to one country, and the missionaries were going to meet us there, and then we were supposed to fly to another country. Well, halfway in the plane ride, I get this page from John Morley saying the missionaries aren't coming. you got to get the team into this country. Okay, no big deal. Wrong. Um, So we split the team into two groups. We get to the immigration gate, and they start asking questions, as they should. Um, Where are you going? I don't know. Who are you staying with? I don't know. What's the name of a contact within this country? I don't know. What's the phone number? I don't know. And this is not an endorsement, but in the words of Cardi B, that's suspicious. Like, (laughs) that's suspicious. And so we found ourselves in a detainee room and and you're, when you're in that room, all things lose, you lose all sense of time. But the immigration officers were doing their job. Why? 
because they were standing guard of the people within their country. They were standing guard in protection of the people within their country. We didn't have the right credentials to be there. We didn't have the right credentials. Eventually an advocate came and we were able to get in the country. But it taught me a lot of how, about how important the gate is and having the right credentials. There is no way on my own that I can walk through the gate into the family of God except for being covered in the blood of Jesus Christ. And that comes when I lay down my life when I die to myself and give my life to the one who died for me. So Azra, I don't know where you are today. My guess is there's a lot of striving and trying and perfecting. A lot of, let me clean myself up before I come to God. I want abundant life, but I want to get there on my own. The only way we get there is when we surrender ourselves and let our lives be filled with the blood of Jesus Christ and his righteousness. And then guess what? We get to live the abundant life. Not that there won't be trials, not that there won't be heartache, but we live in the abundant life that Christ died for us to live. And it's not just for forgiveness of sins. It's to share in the character of God. His holy, self-giving nature is what we get to share in, and that is what the world needs today. A lot of people who are going around giving themselves away, and not themselves, giving the life of Christ away, the nature of God away. And the only way we can do that is through the power of the Holy Spirit at work in us. I hope you can see none of this is about us. Jesus is calling. What is your response? What is your response? As the band comes to play, that's the question. Where are you striving? Where are you trying? Where do you feel like it's up to you to earn your salvation? And where can you come and lay it down and rest in the fact that you are covered by the blood of Jesus Christ? And in him and through him and the power of the Holy Spirit, we are called to live and the abundant life, the good life, the great life that he died for us to live in. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you that you're calling each one right now by name. And Jesus, as you call to them, would you give them the courage to respond? And it's in your name we pray, Jesus. Amen.